everybody welcome back to simply soccer it is the start of season five and i've got none other than christian conway with us season five and i am feeling alive and can you believe it's season five like this is ridiculous <laughs> yeah and uh season five is already off to a kicker we're gonna cover the u.s soccer first um u.s women national team no doubt beat New Zealand, uh, it's now streaming on HBO Max, uh, for those who didn't know. And the U.S. men's team lost to Serbia, and they also got their own streaming on Paramount Plus, and I believe it's HBO Max as well, correct? Yeah, uh, I believe so as well. Um, Two really different games, but I think with the U.S. men's national team, I know we're going to compartmentalize that and talk about that a little bit later because... I mean, how can you not talk about that, especially with what happened today with Ernie Stewart and uh, Brian McBride leaving U.S. soccer and Claudia Reyna stepping down as technical director in Austin with the U.S. women's national team? Um, I think that was a really interesting set of friendlies. Uh, I I think it was very specific that they chose New Zealand because they're going to be there in June or July for the World Cup. Uh, that was very intentional. I thought Vlaco, this is probably Vlaco's best, you know, I'm not going to say meaningless window, but kind of a meaningless window, if that makes sense. Uh, he had that team playing incredibly well. I mean, you look at the performances that Rose Lavelle turned in, you know, selfishly as a San Diego Wave fan, you know, Naomi Gearman and, and Taylor Korniak turned in. I just think that was a lot of, in terms of a World Cup year, right? You want to start that that year in the January kind of on the front foot. And, you know, I know New Zealand is kind of going through a rough time, generational shift. Um, they've had some turmoil and in terms of some coaching maneuvers, but I, you can't argue with it, right? Like it, you can't argue with the sense that they went out there with a mission and kind of a nation to to convince that they were going to be good this year, because I think there's been so much conversation around Vlako Andonovsky and his, his reign as U.S. Women's National Team head coach that they really needed a strong January to get everyone on side. And I remember watching it in New Mexico with um, a lot of the uh, NWSL team uh, supporters groups at ISC, and everyone was just 110% on board. And I think that's that's how you want to start a World Cup year, right? You want to start on the front foot, looking good, playing well, and that's what they did. Yeah, and uh, I do want to mention the NWSL draft uh, really quickly. So... Um, yeah, they've got a, a lot of young blood coming in. Uh, I think it's really showing the development that women's soccer have. Uh, I'm thinking of Alyssa Thompson got drafted right out of high school, um, Harvard Westlake here in Los Angeles, actually. Um, she got drafted to Angel City. So I really think that, you know, the U.S. women's team, obviously you got your your big names and NWSL. Rapino is not retiring yet. So I definitely think that you've got a lot of familiar names, but also a lot of young blood coming in. And I think that this is going to be quite the start and quite an exciting year for, for soccer. And, you know, I know we're going to talk about the U.S. men's uh, performance as well. But, I mean, maybe it, maybe it is World Cup fatigue um but i i'm not alarmed necessarily that that the men lost obviously jalen neal getting his start against uh fellow la galaxy member uh Jovalich, you know it was a big day 
but at the end of the day, yeah, the the U.S. men's team is still young and they are going to make those errors. So January camp is always difficult to diagnose, is it not? Because it's always player, you know, especially post World Cup, because only one member of that World Cup squad and Walker Zimmerman was on that team. Um, I think they didn't play particularly poorly against Serbia. I think it was a team that lacked a bigger context. I think there was a couple of stories on that field that were more important than necessarily the result. You know, I point to Zendejas actually choosing to play for the United States rather than Mexico. That's going to be something to watch. Brandon Vasquez scoring. I thought he probably should have been on the plane to Qatar. Um, Jalen Neal for us as Galaxy fans, selfishly, again, that was really cool to see. Um, and I think that signals something about what his year is going to be like for the LA Galaxy. But again, did it like I, I we walked into this January camp and I was thinking to myself, you know, what are the takeaways I want to get out of this? Well, I want to see Jalen. I want to see him in these in these situations. You know, what are we getting? You know, you want to see Zenday Haas kind of continue to, to, to move towards the United States because the talent is there. Give Vasquez some opportunities. Julian Gressel proved his worth as per usual. Um, but it literally didn't feel like it any of this mattered after the whole entire bear halter, Claudio Reyna drama kind of happened. Right. Like it, it didn't feel like any of these games really had any import because there's so much we don't know. And of course today, the news that, you know, the entire front office of us soccer men's side is clearing house, you know, they're all going. And so I, I just felt that, you know, we walked into this camp and I don't I don't know if you can take anything from it because I think we are dealing with the aftermath of what, you know, and, and, and I don't know your your feelings on this, Michelle. And I and I I think we might have talked briefly about it, but we didn't really, you know, kind of dig into it in the uh, the group chat while it was happening. But I came out of that Claudio Reyna and Bear Halter drama kind of sad, you know, like these are two people that had such a deep connection. I mean, you know, Claudio Reyna was in Greg Bear Halter's wedding. Like, I mean, this is a friendship that's completely shattered. And, you know, I under, you know, I understand people who live for petty drama. I get it. You know, I understand that. But just every single thing and every turn in that saga, you know, from December onwards, I j it, it hurt my heart in a lot of respects. Like, no one comes out of this looking good. And I and I think the person that I, I feel the most for is Gio, you know, where like, who wants to work with him at this point? You know, like, you know, his father, who is one of the most influential U.S. soccer players of all time. If he's willing to do that, and it wasn't just Greg Berhalter, I mean, it was other coaches at the youth level. Why would you, you know, bring that into your locker room? You know, why why would you, why would you do that? And it, you know, and maybe I'm just I'm looking too far into this or whatever, but it it really just hurt to see that happen because that didn't need to happen, you know, and and that should have been ha you know, and and I'm not saying either party is you know clean hands. Both parties do have a little bit of dirt on their hands. But just the way that all shook out, it just it's put such a cloud on U.S. soccer and what I thought of January camp that actually did have a little bit more importance than ever before, because we're going into a World Cup that we're hosting and to start that cycle just on the right foot, I think would have done a lot of good in terms of getting momentum going for the next four years. And then to just have this happen, I mean, like, I'm glad it's happening now at the beginning of a cycle, but I just it, it I it. All of that just was so heartbreaking to encounter and to deal with and to see. And I, you know, I know 
we didn't necessarily talk about it a ton in our in our group chats, but like just it makes this January camp feel so weird for me because I'm I don't really know what to take because we don't have a head coach at this point in time. You know, like we don't have a sporting director at this point in time. We don't have, you know, a CEO of US men's soccer at this point in time. You know, it's like, how does this all look in, you know, six months time? And that's going to be a really fascinating question that we didn't really need to get to. Yeah. I mean, you know, at the risk of um, maybe offending a few people, I just think that it happened so long ago. And from what it sounded like, and he's still with his wife, that this didn't this I don't really know what was trying to be accomplished with this. It sounds like he he is acknowledges what he did wrong back then. Obviously, domestic violence is never okay in any way, shape, or form for any reason. But in this particular case, it sounds like he's um rehabilitated so to speak and so i think i understand the cancel culture but i also understand that at at some point it gets too extreme and we have to allow people to move forward and to to reform i mean what else what else is you know there are some times where there just needs to be second chances and and in this case it's it's very personal and i mean it's it's hard right because i understand how some people would say well keep it separate but i also understand that people lose their jobs for less you know what i mean or for more so i completely understand like why it was so upsetting and and but i just didn't think it was necessary to come out you know, it's 30 years ago. Um, yeah. yeah. I, and I think the person I feel for the most is Greg Warhalter's wife, you know? Yes, absolutely. Of to, course. To have to relive something that was, was painful for you, but you and your they husband. Moved on. Yeah. Had clearly moved on to have your college roommate, you know, someone that you were very deep with exploit your trauma for their benefit. I, I just, it, you know, it, it really does sadden me, but I think, you know, as we close, you know, we'll, we'll have the game on Saturday um, at, at, at the digs and um, I wish I could attend, but sadly I cannot. Um, yeah. I got invited, but I have too much going on Saturday. I can't it, make it either. It um, just, it, it felt like this was something that it, it, it didn't need to be like this. And now, you know, Claude, like, you know, you feel like the rain has burned this thing down, but for what? And I think what's going to be really fascinating as we move forward is, how do you handle Gio Reyna? You know, like, how do you manage Gio Reyna? Because I can tell you personally, if I was a coach, I don't call him up because there's, it's not a statement about who he is as a person, anything like that. But do you really want to deal with what could possibly happen to you? You know, that's, that's where I think the question is. Yeah. So no, LA Galaxy all their drama right <laughs> um so definitely looking forward to the season i personally have tickets already to that rose bowl game and and you know it came with a package for the few first few games of the season but i also understand 
the supporter group's choice to boycott and anybody else who uh, who has chosen to boycott. So, um, yeah, I understand that we need to hold this team accountable, particularly Klein and and those all the way up. I and mean, we're talking about the U.S. men cleaning house. And so when when was it ever going to happen for the galaxy, right? And so, Christian, you what is it called again the yeah uh, so the meeting you were on i'll let you take over from here with that yeah so uh i guess for full disclosure i currently sit on the board of directors for angel city brigade um so i have a, a bit of insight here and there are some things that i i would prefer to keep in house so if we we always appreciate social media uh interaction but there are some things that i i think need to stay in house um but we came to a conclusion that after 10 years of frustration and internal conversations we've had with the front office, with Chris Klein himself, with the team, we, we hit a breaking point. And I think the process of how this was, was announced and how the information was disseminated and how we were, I guess, you know, kind of everyone was kept out of the loop on certain conversations. We hit a breaking point and you know, that's what kind of garnered the boycott. Um, it's it's definitely not something that we are happy to do. It is something that we agonized over for a bit. And, you know, that Friday when we announced it was probably the busiest day of my life. Uh, so I just want to say, you know, if you are standing with us in this boycott, I, I'm very grateful. If, you know, you have chosen to go to the Rose Bowl, I have no animosity towards you. Like, I mean, I understand. Uh, but the reality is a lot of supporters just hit their limit. Um, but yeah, uh, in terms of what we have started the season with, we talked a lot. I was listening to some old episodes today and we talked a lot about getting rid of Kevin Cabral in the sense that it was going to be good for Cabral. And I think he's already found a very good home in Colorado. And I, I, I hope it works for him there. Um, as someone who has a very soft spot for Colorado in his heart, because he's half tempted to move there. Um, I really hope it works for him there, but I'd also say, you know, the Galaxy have a lot of questions right now, right? I mean, that midfield is pretty much settled, I'd say, you know, between Pooch, Brookman, and uh, Marky Delgado. I think, you know, we're done there. I, I don't think we have to worry about that. But Winger is an open conversation. You know, we still don't really exactly know what it's going to look like with Dobish Costa this year. Um, the rumor is that he's going to stay and he's happy to do it. But of course, Grancier moves on because, you know, he's got some stuff in his in, in his personal life um, that requires him to be closer to France. They, you know, strikers are pretty filled position. It looks like center backs also going to be a filled position. Jalen Neal is going to get a little bit more time in that position. Um, so I, I think there's a lot here that I really like. And, you know, Vanny is a very smart guy. Um, they won the first scrimmage of the year 3-1. So, you know, that's a good sign, right, guys? Um, even though it means nothing, I just think they have to figure out that winger. And again, I always say this before the start of every season, they've got to bring in someone that can score 10 goals and get 10 assists off the wing. If they can do that, then looking at the way that Chicharito holds gravity, the way that Pooch can drive into that space, they're going to make a lot of headway against teams. Um, I do think they're going to need, you know, Jalen Neal or whoever partners Sega to hit the ground running. I think that's no questions about that, but if they can get all those little pieces together, then I really do feel positive about the team moving forward. I don't, I don't consider them MLS cup contenders. I just don't think they have the depth 
But I think they're going to be a team that a lot of other teams are going to look at and say, hey, we actually need to start thinking about the LA Galaxy in a way that is, hey, these guys might actually have something here. I think they need to work on depth. That's another big area. But in terms of where we are in terms of the preseason, you know, we have a month to go because we, you know, we play that first game on the 25th of February. They've got time because, you know, that first window closes in what, May or April? They're going to have to make some moves. There's no question about that. But I think right now, it's not like in previous years where we've come on here and said, all right, they need center backs, they need outside backs, they need, you know, every position under the sun. It's like, okay, we kind of know exactly what they need. They probably need one more center back, two more wingers. Striker, no? Well, I mean, Chicharito and Jovalich. That, for me, holds the load. Okay, okay. And maybe they should bring in another striker just for injury concerns. I also don't necessarily think Chicharito is going to see the entire year out. Um, I think maybe Mexico, some team in Mexico makes a compelling offer. And he's kind of hinted at that. But I, I, I do think that it's it's now tweaks rather than necessarily complete and total whole new Lego blocks into the, in, into the system. Yeah, I mean, like how you were saying farewell to Cabral and uh, Grand Seer. And yeah, we completely understand the the moves that they had to make. I mean, the Galaxy are also looking, uh, you know, as a younger team. And so I want to say that I'm excited for the season, but we have to get changes made first. Um, I don't know what it's going to be like to be in that stadium without the supporters. Um you know, a big call to the stadium and to the game, specifically with the Galaxy, what I fell in love with was was the fans, was everybody being there. So, I mean, definitely, look, we're journalists at heart. We still got LA as our house issue for to work on. And you bet that this will be getting covered. You know, um, we try to keep a, a neutral voice on on things like this. And, and really, like I said, it's a time capsule. We're just trying to yeah, record exactly what's going on. Um, you know, the good and the bad, we got to take everything with, with this team. And I think, like you said, it's been 10 years where we have. And so, I mean, I'm okay with, look, I already have bought these tickets ahead of time and and not going to any matches, you know, for the rest of the season, um, not buying any merch, even though that reversible jacket already sold out and I did not get one. Nobody I knew got one. So, um yeah, I mean, first come first, the community comes first. And so, um, yeah, not really sure where, where else we can go. Oh, the Apple TV deal, right? We still don't know who's all going to exactly commentate. Yeah. So, um, and then, and yeah, and then I just know that I think it's going to have the Spanish and French commentators yeah. as well options so it's interesting where all these streaming services are taking our games yeah and and, and what i will say is uh, i just got back from independent supporters council conference and the reality is no one really knows what's going on uh in terms of the apple tv deal um we are kind of all in the dark uh we'll be on a call next week i believe on thursday or friday about this um so we will we will figure it out from there um i i will say just from a from an la galaxy perspective i think adding memo rodriguez and chris mavinga is a really interesting kind of maneuver two players that are veterans of this league that are are, are relatively 
talented. Um, Chris Mavinga did fall off a little bit at the end there in, in Toronto. So maybe a, a change of scenery working with Vanny will be helpful for him. Uh, Memo, I thought was one of Houston's best players. Uh, so that's a pretty good pickup. Um, but again, they didn't really have to do a lot. They do need to get a winger. Uh, that's that's my only thing. Uh, in terms of the, um, you know, in terms of the offseason as it stands so far, I've actually been relatively surprised at how quiet they've been. Um, I know that we are dealing with a a kind of a situation where we never we didn't expect those sanctions, right? You know, like we didn't expect that to to begin. Um, but we will we will see from there. I do think that they will have to be very active over the next two to three weeks, be a little bit smart about using the domestic market, but I think they can do it. There's some good deals in MLS that you could you can make happen that they're going to have to be very smart about, but I think they can get it done. Um, I just, I, I like the roster as it is presently constituted. Just if they can answer that winger problem, I feel really good about what's going on. Um, I think this is going to be a really interesting year in MLS in general, obviously bringing in St. Louis. Um, I got to actually interact with some St. Louis supporters while at ISC, they are basically buzzing out of their skin, getting ready for first day. And I, you know, it's it's fun because we were talking to uh, some Charlotte supporters about how, you know, their first day went in their first home game and they said it's it's the greatest day of their lives. And so I'm so excited for St. Louis fans to experience that. And then the Apple TV deal, we're in completely different territory than we've ever been in for for the league. I do feel good about a lot of what's what's to come this year for MLS in general, what that means for the Galaxy. I don't really know. Um, because we really have, we don't have a lot of data points to point to. You know, we only have a three-one win in a closed-door friendly against DC United to really point to. But I do think the Galaxy, if everything pulls together, there's a lot we can we can be proud of this year. But it again, they do need to make some maneuvers. Well, keep it right here. We will have the latest for you. We're recording weekly. I Thanks cannot. for listening. I am so happy to be back. I I, I truly miss this. Me too. I was thinking of, I was thinking about it today because like season five, man. I mean, like, I was trying to. I was I was thinking about maybe pulling together a greatest hits compilation, but I, uh, I I didn't have the time. But um, yeah, thank you so much uh, for listening. We have the magazine episode four coming out soon, or issue four. Excuse me, conflating mm-hmm. my podcast and magazine uh, sensibilities together. <laughs> and uh, we are we are excited to get going. I know there's. There's not a lot of meat on the bone right now because the galaxy have been kind of quiet, but we uh, we're doing our best. Yeah, stay tuned. Talk to you soon.